0: Skeletons Beware that, when fighting monsters, you yourself do not become a monster. For when you gaze long into the abyss, the abyss gazes also into you. Friedrich Nietzsche They'd spent the afternoon out on the back acre, checking snares, something the old man had done with his son, and now enjoys with his grandson, though the boy has more balls than his father ever had. He'd passed a test today. When the old man gave the boy permission to kill a still-scrambling, snared hare any way he liked, the boy had approached the animal, caught up somehow by its foot rather than its throat, and strangled it to death. Stomping it, stabbing it, or snapping its neck would have sufficed. But that, the way he'd grabbed it with one hand and slowly squeezed, enjoying the task, had been impressive. It was superior to the other options. More personal, less brutal, though somehow the last thought anyone but a true killer would have had in such a situation. In exchange for assisting with the hunt, the old man, the old detective, had agreed to share more stories for the boy's project. I must say, son, you choking that rabbit was a hell of a thing to see. A hell of a thing. The old man takes a slow sip of his drink and appraises the boy. There's something different about him now. Something familiar. I've heard it said that choking a human being to death is much more difficult than one would believe. I, however, no different, son. The old man seems 20 years younger in the orange glow of the kitchen. His grandson, Clark, just turned 17, is showing plenty of interest in him as of late. It's the project for school or something. The boy's writing a paper for what he's calling a podcast. He wants to hear crime stories from the detective days The really bad stuff So they've been playing apt pupil for about a month now They have a bond it seems And after the hunt in the back acre today The old man is now convinced He knows the stuff that holds them together The ice in his scotch shifts As he deftly turns his glass clockwise Then counterwise like a combination lock Before bringing it to his lips The boy watches, fascinated and waits patiently for whatever more his grandfather has to say. Like an angel crying on my tongue, Matt? Would you like a glass, son? The boy shakes his head no, and the old man smiles, revealing his near-perfect, God-given teeth. That's good, boy. You'll have plenty of time for such distractions later. For now, the priority is your health. Longevity is stored in these younger years. The best you could do is avoid vices and limit worry until... There's something to worry about. His wife, Pearl, had passed last winter at the age of 70. She'd been a lifelong worrier. He'd warned her that stress burns the tip of a lifespan like a slow draw of a cigarette. Natural causes, they'd said, but the old man had seen nothing natural about it. A heart attack while washing the dishes. She just froze there, dripping sponge in her hand. Dead on the spot. One of the scariest things he'd ever witnessed, and scary was his business. It was as if the confession he'd been compelled to make to Pearl, the one he was making to the boy now, had literally broken her heart. You know your grandmother would be quite warmed that you took up visiting me after she passed. Her and I were becoming quite close again, like we'd been in our younger years. Her death, I'm afraid, may have been my fault. I shared things that her tender heart could not handle. Another shift of ice, and now finally the boy can't help himself. The old man watches carefully at the way it comes, the measured movement to signal he's about to speak. There's power in the boy. He doesn't know it yet, but the old man is convinced of it. Whatever had driven him also drives his grandson, and it's a relief to confirm that it all hadn't been a sickness, rather a dark gift from his own lineage, as he'd always suspected. So you were saying that choking someone to death isn't as hard as people say, Grandpa? Rabbits are one thing, but you've seen people strangled? And just like that, the old man has full trust in the boy and decides he will share his skeletons. I've strangled many people, son, and none were too difficult. Those who claim it to be are just weak, panicky is all. That's how they ended up caught and sharing their story from a cell rather than a kitchen table in their home with a dear loved one. The old man looks into his drink and sees the ice has gone black the black of outer space and for a moment he feels otherworldly trepidation but then it's gone whatever it is whatever it's always been is leaving this up to him you know already I'm a killer son and war and you've heard a few stories now about my hunt for an interaction with killers as a detective another drink a ponderous one more for show than anything the moment is heavy so the old man carries it so. Your grandmother likely passed due to this information I'm about to share, but I believe it's what you're truly looking for, after your choice with the hair in the snare today. The boy leans forward and pulls out his phone. Something good, no, something bad is coming. He can feel it. You might wonder how I maintained a relationship with your grandmother while murdering women. That, of course, is what we're talking about, boy. And I'm not surprised to see the admission come as unsurprising to you. You are impressed, sure, but not surprised, boy. And I must say there's no doubt in my mind that you'll handle this much better than Pearl did. The boy is in fact very surprised. He hadn't really heard it right the first time he thought, but now he's certain. His grandfather is telling him he's a killer. He's careful and in tune with his grandfather. He stays silent, not wanting to jinx the information. He's turned the tap and it's flowing. There's no need to interfere and the old man appreciates the room to operate. A sip of scotch. The glass is sweating in the last of the day's light. The golden hour and the ice have now absorbed into the fine liquid. The old man feels an urgency to give the boy everything. The moment is right. He asks the boy to switch on the lamp, a proud piece of Tiffany that hangs above their heads like a flying saucer. A bowl of Italian blue mosaic stained glass that emits a deadly glow, a stark contrast from that of the retreated, late-day sun. I maintain my relationship with your grandmother by feeding only those I deemed deserving to the darkness. Pearl was a wonderful woman, and any man, even an evil man such as myself, can appreciate the spoils of having a good woman. I know that's not at top of interest to you now, boy, but one day... It will be everything. The boy nods his head, and a heat visits those eyes that have been too cold all afternoon. He is staring into the abyss, and it is taking to him, rather than taking him. We are killers, boy. Predators. The stuff of nightmare. Monsters of fairy tale. Agents of darkness left over from old times, when man melded with magic. That's magic. With a K, son. A long drink to let some of this sink in. There will be time for it all. For now, the boy seems overwhelmed. There's a growing shadow behind him, but that's nothing new. The boy has always been haunted, like the old man. We can't help ourselves, boy. Can't save ourselves. That rabbit required mercy, or even assistance, but instead you helped yourself. It's what predators do. We hunt, and we feed, and when we can, we enjoy. If we resist... We are exiled from both the light and the dark. So into the dark, boy, the light will not accept you. We are gatherers of the black. We are of substance, unlike the rest of these caged lions, yawning over half-frozen, butterball turkeys. This stirs the coldness back into the eyes, for both. Grandfather and grandson, locked in a frozen stare of understanding as the information passes. Information on how to choose, how to stalk, how to attack, and how to best draw it out. How to make the most of it, through rape and torture and whatever else might seem like a good idea at the time. The old man lingers in methods of murder, of how to make even the aftermath enjoyment, of how to waste nothing. The boy asks if he can record the conversation on his phone, for future reference. The old man agrees. He trusts his grandson and understands the need for keeping record one day the boy's phone will no doubt be filled with mementos he understands nothing of technology the world has moved on and the old man is happy to have had his time and his own carefully collected he's drunk what's he thinking letting the boy record this but it feels correct the event the time he's sharing everything with this boy so why not? who knows how much longer he'll live without pearl around to bleed the poison they say once one goes soon does the other and if the boy is what he believes him to be this is as safe as it's always been locked away in his head and the closet and the back acre the old man attempts to stand but he feels too comfortable he'd rather stay sat with the anchor of his drink for now instead he hands the boy a skeleton key and directs him to the closet calling out directions The closet is in fact a small, rounded door, something like an old-time safe, in the back of the master bedroom's actual closet. His grandfather, the boy's great-great, had built this home back in the late 19th century. And though he never met him, and his own father refused to speak of him, there'd been a connection. That dark shadow behind the boy had been his own, in this home, for so long. That it had attached to young Clark this evening was a harbinger of the end, an end the old man was eager now to meet. But first, the boy returns with the old shoebox. The word Clark's is on the side. Same as his name, same as the boy's name, the third. The second would never have been able to handle the box, let alone the back acre. Perhaps murder skips generations, charges back up, the old man thinks. The boy opens the lid and slowly pulls out the photographs. These are photos of victims, not crime scene photos like he'd shown the boy already from past cases. No, these are different. These are before, during, and after photos of his own crimes. Long cold cases, some he'd investigated himself and solved by way of planting a memento or two. But that's all ancient history. Right now, in this wonderful now, The boy is quivering in his chair as he slowly rifles through the old Polaroids. The old man sits back to enjoy, knowing he has one more gift for his grandson, this marvelous summer's evening. The boy, Clark, is recording everything in the shoebox onto his phone, greedily. This isn't right. There should be more reverence and discretion, and the old man works to resist asking if the boy will keep this all to himself. Of course he will. To ask such a question would be insult, to both of them, in this incredible moment, but he must. I trust this recording of yours will be safe kept. But the boy is too fixated, now rifling through the old jewelry and identification. Or at least he appears fixated. As his grandfather pours himself another scotch, Clark works to covertly get the live stream going on his phone. This is tremendous, unreal content. This is going to blow his channel up. As he begins sending out the horrific images from the shoebox to his following of 3,000, a large part of Clark is buzzing with excitement, while a dim, dull pulse of guilt struggles to make its way through all the noise. This is how it's always been, for who his grandfather thinks of as the boy. Rosetta Stone, everybody. You know, for a long time, I've been wanting to go to Japan, but the thing holding me back is that I'm intimidated by the language and that's why i've been going pretty hard at the rosetta stone service i want to be able to take my girl to japan a place that she's always wanted to go and suddenly just start speaking fluent japanese at the restaurant that's my goal (laughs) rosetta stone is the most trusted language learning program available on a desktop or as an app and it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn it's been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users 25 languages offered It's fast language acquisition. Rosetta Stone immerses you in a bunch of ways. Uh, There's an intuitive process where you pick up the language naturally, first with words and phrases, then sentences. They have the speech recognition feature. Built-in true accent gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Uh, It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient and it's an amazing value especially with this offer here. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Dark Topic listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off on limited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. All right, everybody, Badlands Food. I've been thinking about getting a dog. With my little family, we're about to introduce a dog, I believe, at some point here. And I have a interest in how we're going to be treating said dog. And it occurs to me, you know, that many dogs suffer from health issues. And with Badlands Food, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. She's looking at their food. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health, and this is true even for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that by just adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step step how anyone could do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. It caught my attention, and as I'm about to uh, get a dog, I think that I'm going to uh, use this service, so I thought I'd share it with the audience as well. Uh, I know many of you have dogs. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash darktopic and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash topic to check it out. Badlandsfood.com Clark knows that his grandfather believes in him, that he's trusted him here with this information. He also knows that his grandfather thinks he knows Clark's nature. But this isn't Dexter, apt people. This is real life. And though it's now obvious his grandfather is some kind of demon in human form who'd spent his entire life fooling people into thinking he was this great detective while truly being a prolific serial killer, and though Clark can relate to that on some level, having felt like he'd been wearing a people-pleasing mask to hide the conniving, self-serving destructor beneath it for the entirety of his own life, that dull pulse of guilt can't make its way through the party of excitement. Though the more his grandfather shows absolute trust in him The pulse begins to make its way through Like shoving partygoers aside At a rave There is a bond And it is being broken And wherever this bond comes from The dark matter of which it's made Will not allow this Would you like some ice for your drink, Grandpa? Ah, the boy is with him after all That would be dear of you, son the old man relaxes again. The boy is just a boy after all. He had been 30 when the secrets in the box started collecting back in 77. The horrors of war had kept him satiated for a couple years after returning from Nam. But he's struck with a second regret as the boy gently eases two black ice cubes into his drink. Thank you, son. He could have started earlier. As soon as he became become a cop after Vietnam, he could have got going. Two whole wasted prime years evaporated like the ice in his drink. He'd spent that time struggling with the urges, believing it was all wrong, fighting against himself, his true nature. But he'd had no one to guide him. The thoughts and feelings of the house were there, sure, this property, the magic of it, with a K. The symbols and secret rooms had never meant nothing, his father had claimed. But this place, he knew, held ancient power, and only he and the boy were tapped in. There's no doubt in his mind that the boy will begin soon, now that he has permission. Christ, he's happy for the kid. But he must make sure he's ready, or all he'll have gifted him is a life in prison. The skeletons. Son, you've surely heard of skeletons in the closet. Those mementos could well serve as mine, seeing as how that's where I keep the box. But you might be even more entranced by what I keep in the back acre. The old man, the old serial killer, as the boy thinks of him now, rises from his chair, swaying slightly from the scotch. He hits his head on the dimly lit, overhanging lamp, and shadows scatter like phantoms around the kitchen. The boy follows the old man, live-streaming the whole event to his social media, under the title, My Grandfather, the Serial Killer? he can see that the chat is on fire. This is going to be huge for the show. But a blackness is filling him now, eating away the joy, making him sick. It's guilt, something Clark has never truly experienced until now. The breaking of the bond is a shattered test tube emitting noxious gas in the pit of his soul. Ahead, the old man will be seen by the world, training a flashlight into the woods behind the farmhouse. With a complete trust, he is speaking only to a fellow homicidal psychopath. His grandson. His heir. In truth, Clark is more sociopath, though clearly afflicted by an all-consuming darkness that, to protect men like the old man. A force like that of Christ in his light. But anti. It is all darkness for the boy as he follows. The livestream has taken on a life of its own, and it's clear that the old man tottering ahead with his flashlight into the blackness of the back acre, is doomed by the stream. Everybody will soon know. But Clark now feels doomed as well. The boy struggles to shake the supernatural ugliness permeating through him. He tries to focus on the content, on this live stream still going strong despite the heavy brush of the back acre. My grandfather, the serial killer. That will be the name. Originally it was to be my grandfather... The Homicide Detective But as the old man bends down to twist At what looks like an oversized combination lock On an oversized underground gym locker Everything changes When the fallout shelter's trap door swings open Pine boughs tumbling away from their duty as disguise The podcast The YouTube channel The book Names itself Skeletons They climb down into a fallout shelter full of skeletons, propped up in different positions, articulated to appear animated, yet frozenly so. All wearing old, tattered, stained clothing. They are the girls from the photos. Two, dressed in matching outfits, sit on a couch playing checkers. Pocahontas like grim reapers, leather and feathers. The 70s want their style back, and they're teenagers. The twins, boy. My first, you like? The squaw girls, I call them. They weren't Indians though, I picked them up on Halloween. They were white. Sometimes I think of them as the squawk girls rather than squaw for all the screaming that they did. There are others the boy recognizes by their clothing in chairs around the room. One is secured by a coat rack, fur coat half off a bare bony shoulder as if having just arrived three decades or so ago. Some simply lay on the floor Skulls propped up with pillows These ones maybe not so important Bags of bones Rather than the stiff wired mannequins That make up the life of the party All are dressed in clothing from different decades It's a museum Of the old man's murder career One leans over a sink As if doing dishes It wears a pale pink skirt like his grandmother wore At the funeral Skin still hangs from a wrist Attached to a skeletal hand Holding a sponge No Wait, Clark thinks It's her wristwatch It's his grandmother's wristwatch My god He's dug her up Well, son What do you think? He's slurring slightly He's also a little concerned it's too much for the boy You know My grandfather had a pit back here It was full of his own Skeletons Maybe one day this'll be yours He's insane there's a generator if you like to sit a bit, boy. I have some incredible scotch down here. It's a special occasion. No one's ever met my ladies before. This is... Wow, this is unbelievable, Grandpa. The two stand to behold, surrounded by the old man's skeletons. He introduces the boy to each, using the flashlight, forgetting a few on the floor. There is a closet with what he thinks are five girls he never got around to. Their bones have been cleaned and treated. They wait in tubs to be brought back to life. There are countless dead in garbage bags from the excavation that brought up his great-great-grandfather's dead, apparently. Something, a shadow in the house, had told the old man long ago where to find them. Magic boy, with a K. In all, there are a dozen skeletons of the old man's down here, including his wife, Pearl. Truth be told, he'd been hot and cold about the project. That's why it seemed so haphazard. Drinking a lot after retiring from the force. This was one of those projects men start and never finish, you know what I mean? You know. Pearl probably shouldn't even be down here, boy, but she brings a little light to the place, don't you think, boy? A little light. Clark looks at the light of his phone and sees the chat flying by. He's capturing all of this and it's broadcasting. Holy shit. The old man suggests again that they stay a while. He'll turn on the Jenny. His flashlight moves crazily around the room, a buried shipping container with a trap door and a ladder. The skeletons seem to dance in the bobbing flashlight. And now police cars bounding into the back acre wash the scene in a warble of red and blue with their silent sirens. The old man freezes at the intrusion and the unmistakable sound of engines approaching. He sobers, instantly, an incredible transformation the skeletons could speak to. What the fuck have you done, boy? The old man looks young again as he rushes to the ladder and pulls the trapdoor closed above, locking it from the inside. It's a simple security system the heavy combination lock moving from outside to inside when the old man visits his skeletons. Clark looks back to his phone and his father messages, get out, just as the live stream loses connection. Son, how are there police out there? What have you done? Clark is speechless. He is gripped by what feels like a cold claw of black ice reaching up into his throat from his belly. Son, son the sound of officers and dogs above oh son what have you done to us the old man's flashlight bounces away into the pitch black of the shelter then the generator can be heard kicking on followed by the lights it's quite the scene an ancient record player comes to life playing some ragtime scotch drinking music clark had heard his grandpa call it and now the old man is in a cupboard talking to his deceased wife as he pulls a bottle and a heavy revolver out to join the party Can you believe this shit, Pearl? No loyalty in this generation. I don't know what he's done. Something with that goddamn phone. Above, an officer is banging on the trap door to the shelter. Here, son. You might as well drink. The old man twists the cap off the liquor bottle. Then he points the gun, something out of an old western, at the boy's face. Drink, boy. You'll need your courage. Clark does as he's told, and the heat of the scotch melts back the claw in his chest some providing momentary relief. At least let me go with some pride, son. At least give me the gift of an honorable end. I've gifted you all of this. After all, I'm assuming all of this will make you rich somehow with this phone. Clark understands. It wasn't what his grandfather had wanted, but there is a passing of the torch. He trusted him. And the shadow inside whispers a way that will make it somehow square. The old man takes the bottle back once the boy is done. It's a long swig full of slugs. Half the bottle went down the boy's throat, and there's something in Clark's eyes that makes the old man proud when he brings the bottle down and pulls it from his lips. There is a darkness swirling there. He's a killer. After all, be quick, son. The old man hands over the gun, and as he takes a massive slug of his own, a deafening shot fills the shelter. Rattling the bones of the congregated dead The bottle falls from the old man's hand And crashes to the concrete of the shelter floor As does the boy Temple spurting blood As thick and black as tar A killer After all The ceiling finally breaks open Cold blue light pouring in overhead The old man Grinning ear to ear Retrieves his gun from the boy's dead hand Puts the barrel in his mouth that is chasing his grandson down into the abyss, hurrying like a shadow behind him, leaving the world to make sense of his skeletons. I'm going to throw in a, that'll do it onto the end of this story. It may seem confusing to you, but this is about my grandfather. Um, and it's about a lot of other things. It's also part of a larger novel that I've been working on, a bit of a side story. So I hope that you enjoyed it. It's really just about darkness and uh, it being handed down from generation to generation. I feel it myself um, when I drink. My father and I are very much alike, and my grandfather and I are very much alike too. And I struggle with it. Um, There are times when it's powerful and helpful. And there are times when it's completely destructive. Um, so that's kind of what this was about. If, if it needs anything, really, at the end. I think sometimes it's best just to stay out of it. When you write something and share something like this and let it be to whoever's listening. Let it be whatever it is. Thank you.